Like I said, it's the fourth Sunday of Advent, and one of the things that I want to constantly be reminding ourselves during this season is that Advent is a season of anticipating the arrival of the Messiah. Uh, we symbolically enter into the longing of the people of God who were awaiting the first Advent of Christ, but we also literally are anticipating the second Advent of Christ. Like we said last week, there's two sides of the coin of anticipation. On the one hand, there's the, the groaning of waiting, um, the, the, the experience of, of brokenness and sickness and sin, and the, the groaning of, oh, how long, O oh Lord, how long? Uh, but then also the other side of the coin of anticipation is the excitement of what's to come, the excitement of what it's going to be like when Christ returns, the excitement um, uh, of, of the, the, the joy that we'll know whenever Christ comes. And, and Psalm 122 is primarily about the excitement of what's to come, as we'll see. Uh, so Psalm 122 is a psalm that was written by David. Um, and it's also one of the Psalms of Ascent. So there's this collection of Psalms, and you'll see the, the heading above uh, uh, each of the Psalms at 120 and on are Psalms of Ascent. And the Psalms of Ascent are associated with the feasts of Israel. All the tribes of Israel would go up or ascend to Jerusalem uh, three times a year for the annual holy days. And, and so as we hear Psalm 122, we need to hear it as it was sung by the people of God making their pilgrimage to Jerusalem for these annual feasts of worship. Uh, but the Psalms of Ascent are also associated with the return from exile. So long after uh, David uh, died, um, the, the people of God, uh, the nation ended up being divided. Uh, the northern kingdom was uh, taken over by Assyria. Judah, the southern kingdom, ultimately was also, uh, because of their rebellion and their sin against God, he sent them into exile in Babylon. But uh, God, in his providence and in his covenant faithfulness, brought the people of Judah back into their land, returned them from exile. And uh, when he did that, uh, uh, they, were, they were being ruled by the Persians. And at that moment, God stirred in the heart of King Cyrus, the king of Persia, to let the exiles return to Jerusalem. And he said, if anyone belongs to Yahweh's people, let him go up or ascend to Jerusalem. And uh, the, 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 songs of, uh, the Psalms of Ascent are, are, are tied with this return from the exile, and really the Psalter as a whole, uh, we understand, was, was not completed until after the return from the exile. So we need to hear Psalm 122 also as it was sung by the people of God as they made their pilgrimage back to Jerusalem, out of exile, back to their home. Uh, that being said, let's read Psalm 122 together. And since these words are breathed out by God and come with the very authority of Jesus Christ himself, let's all stand in honor of the reading of God's word, if you're able to do so. The Holy Spirit says, A song of ascents of David. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks 
to the name of the Lord. Their thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek your good. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. You may be seated. Well, one of the most common themes of the Christmas season is home. Home. Home for the holidays. I'll be home for Christmas. Home is just one of those uh, themes that, that always comes to mind, whether it's the nostalgia or the comfort of being together with family. Home is often on our minds in the Christmas season. And, and I wonder if you've ever considered, what is it that gives us a sense of home? Where does that sense of home come from? The truth is, most of the answers to that question of what gives that sense of home um, are things that change, things that can't last. You know, is, it, is it a place that gives a sense of home? Well, places change. Maybe you used to go back to your childhood house, and maybe it's not even there anymore. Or maybe you go back to your hometown and it's unrecognizable. I know I used to live in San Antonio and I just, dro- I just uh, recently drove through town and I, uh, I, I saw, oh, I'm coming up to the exit where our, our house used to be. And uh, I looked away for a second and uh, I realized I, I have no idea where, I, where it is. It's changed so much. I don't even know where I am anymore. Places change. What is it that gives us a sense of home? Is it the people? Well, people change. Uh, family dynamics change. You know, sometimes in natural ways. Uh, we're not, uh, we don't live forever, and so sometimes there's some natural changes that happen due to that. But then also sometimes relationships can become estranged in ways that you never saw coming. Well, Psalm 122 is a song about home. You may not be hearing it on the radio this time of year, uh, but it is a song about home. But it's not a song that celebrates a place as as much as it may seem. It's not a song that celebrates temporary relationships. It's a song that stirs our affections for a home that will never change. A forever home. It's a song that leads us to celebrate having a home with God and His people. For the people of God in Christ today, the home that Psalm 122 points us to is a home that we will get to experience in full when Jesus returns at his second advent. But even now, this is a home that we get to taste in part because of what Jesus did in his first 
Advent. In fact, one of the ways we prepare ourselves for Christ's return, his second advent, is by increasingly finding our home with God and his people today. So here's the message of Psalm 122 to us today. Find your home with God and his people. Find your home with God and his people. We're going to see three ways of doing that in Psalm 122. Number one, delight in your home. Delight in your home with God and his people. Look at verses 1 and 2 again of Psalm 122. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Nothing compares to being in the presence of God with the people of God. This song was written from the standpoint of someone standing in Jerusalem. Uh, the, the singer has made his pilgrimage to Jerusalem for one of the annual festivals, and he expresses how much joy he felt when his fellow saints had, set, had uh, said to him, hey, it's time for us to go to Jerusalem. It's time for us to go gather together at the house of Yahweh. Uh, the house of Yahweh in David's day was the tabernacle. It was there that God manifested his presence among his people. And the singers of Psalm 122 are thrilled to have their feet standing within the gates of Jerusalem because this means that they get to gather together with their God. But it's one thing for the people of God to have sung the song in David's day uh, at their annual feast and getting to go up to Jerusalem. But imagine what this song sounded like coming out of the mouths of people who had been exiled for 70 years. How much joy they had when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. Uh, they had been forced out of Jerusalem and out of the whole country. The glory of God had departed from the temple. The temple had been destroyed. And they got to go back to their home. After all of the destruction, all of the pain, all of the longing, they got to go back. This would have been a song of great anticipation. A song of excited longing as they anticipated ascending, going up, returning to Jerusalem. And as they anticipated the day that the temple would be rebuilt. But how do we sing this song today as the people of God? The people who live between Christ's first Advent and Christ's second Advent. Do we sing it as a song of celebration or a song of longing? Well, both. Because we live between the first and second comings of Christ, we live between the already and the not yet. And so we celebrate the already and we long for the not yet. On the one hand, we can celebrate because Christ has made his people his temple. Through his death on the cross. Paul says in Ephesians 2, 19 through 22, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Because of what Jesus accomplished in his first advent, 
today, we don't gather at the house of the Lord. We gather as the house of the Lord. So we can sing joyfully, I was glad when they said to me, let us go be the house of the Lord together. On the other hand, we also long for the day that we will dwell with God in a way that we don't right now. When we are experiencing temple in a way that we don't right now. When John is given a vision of the new Jerusalem in Revelation 21, he says this in verses 22 through 27. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God the Almighty and the Lamb. The city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. We delight in the home that we already have in Christ, and we delight in the home that we will get to experience in a new Jerusalem. I wonder, have you found a home with God? Have you found a home with God and with his people? That question can mean different things to different people. Maybe you haven't found a home with God at all. Maybe right now you are a stranger, as Paul said. Maybe you're alienated from God, separated from him, in rebellion to God. Well, you need to know that you can have a home with God. We celebrate the coming of Christ at Christmas because he came to die so that he could reconcile you to God. He has made a way to mend the relationship with God that is currently broken between you and him. Because of what he did in his first coming, you can know the God that your heart was made for. You can have a home with God. You can be a member of God's household. And you don't have to earn it. You don't have to clean yourself up to get there. Jesus has done everything necessary to make you a son or daughter of the creator of the universe. All you have to do is admit that you have sinned against God and receive by faith the forgiveness and reconciliation that Christ has purchased. Well, maybe though you, you have trusted in Christ to save you from your sins, but you still haven't quite found a home with his people. Maybe you've been hurt in the past by people who claimed to be part of the family of God. And maybe your trust has just been so broken that you, you can't see yourself finding a home with the people of God. Or maybe you've just drifted away from being fully engaged in a community of believers. Well, if you are in Christ, if you have trusted in Jesus, God has made you part of his global family, part of the, the, the eternal uh, body of Christ. 
But he calls us to live out that reality by committing ourselves to a local family of believers. You know, as we walk on this pilgrimage uh, between Christ's first advent and his second advent, we need each other. It is a hard and treacherous journey. And we, the family of God, need each other. You need a local church. And there's a local church that needs you. Now, no church is perfect. Until Christ returns, our home will continue to need renovations. But when we find a home with God and his people in this day, we are preparing our hearts for our eternal home with God and his people on that day. So until that day, may we delight in our home with God and his people, both how we experience it now and as we one day will experience it. So first, delight in your home. Second, enjoy the benefits of your home. Enjoy the benefits of your home with God and his people. David goes on in Psalm 122 to sing about why Jerusalem was so great. Uh, And he gives three reasons. First, Jerusalem was a place of unity. Jerusalem was a place of unity. Look at verse 3. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together. Uh, So imagine uh, all all the people who have gathered together there in Jerusalem for a feast. And and all the people have, have, have... I was going to say descended, ascended up um, on Jerusalem. And uh, they got to experience the joy of being united together as the people of God all in one place. Uh, the, the, the unity that they had as the covenant people of God. Uh, second, Jerusalem was a place of worship. Jerusalem was a place of worship. Look at verse 4. Uh, Jerusalem is the place to which the tribes go up. The tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. So God decreed, he commanded uh, specifically the males from all 12 tribes to assemble in Jerusalem for the three annual feasts. Uh, The Feast of Unleavened Bread, Passover, uh, the Feast of Weeks, Feast of Booths. And uh, they gathered to give thanks to the name of Yahweh together, to worship him together in Jerusalem. So there's unity, there's worship. And then third, Jerusalem was a place of government. Verse 5 says this, There, Jerusalem, thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. So Jerusalem was the city appointed by God to house the anointed king uh, David and then the kings who would come from him. Jerusalem was the seat of government. And in Israel, uh, the Davidic king uh, was the executive and the judicial branches of government. Uh, He was the supreme court, so to speak. Uh, And so there was a a joy in knowing that that was a place that you could find resolution, find answers, find order. Well, so the exiles, as they uh, were coming back from Babylon, would have longed for the day that they got to experience these blessings of Jerusalem again. The exiles longed to be united in Jerusalem. The, The people of God were scattered throughout the nations. But God, throughout the prophets, promised them over and over and over that they would be reunited. Uh, He he made promises like Jeremiah 29, 14. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. 
The exiles longed to be reunited in Jerusalem. Uh, They also longed to worship in Jerusalem. And again, God promised that they would. The prophet Ezekiel shared this word from God in Ezekiel 46.3. The people of the land shall bow down at the entrance of that gate before the Lord on the Sabbaths and on the new moons. And the exiles longed to be governed from Jerusalem again. They longed for the day that the throne of David would be reestablished, that the Davidic king, the the promised Messiah, would judge righteously from Jerusalem, like God promised in Isaiah 11 and verses 3 and 4 about the Messiah. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity For the meek of the earth, and he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Well, so this side of the cross, as we think about these promises that were made uh, to the exiles about their future home, we can see that these promises of God uh, were ultimately fulfilled in Christ uh, and are being fulfilled in Christ. Uh, So, but how do we sing this song? Again, uh, we're not. People in David's day were not exiles returning from, uh, from Babylon. H- how do we sing between the first and second advents of Christ? Well, we, we sing between the already and the not yet. Uh, we long for Christ's second coming when heavenly Jerusalem will come down to earth. Uh, in Revelation 21, 2 and 3, John says, And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. On that day, we will experience a kind of unity with the people of God that we will never experience this side of Jesus' coming. All of God's people from all time And every nation will be once and for all united together before the throne of God in a new Jerusalem. On that day, we're going to experience ultimate worship together as we're all gathered together, dwelling in the presence of God, worshiping Him before His very face. On that day, we'll experience uh, the ultimate perfect government together. Not only, government won't be a dirty word anymore in the new Jerusalem, right? Not only will Christ reign in righteousness as the perfect king, we will reign with him. So David, you know, described those thrones in Jerusalem in Psalm 122. Well, listen to what Jesus says in Revelation 3.21. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. And then John sees this in Revelation 20 and verse 4, Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. And again in Revelation 22 verse 5, Night will be no more, there will uh, uh, need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they, the people of God, will reign forever and ever. So all of those benefits that we see in Psalm 122 of the old Jerusalem that David longed for and that the exiles longed for 
are going to be true in a newer and a better and a more ultimate sense after Christ returns. And we long for that day. But consider how the benefits that David sings about in Psalm 122 are already ours in Christ, in one sense. In Christ, we experience a new unity with God's people. Uh, We experience the unity that Paul described in Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. He says, uh, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. If we have trusted in Christ, He has given us everything we need to experience unity as His body. The question we have to ask is, are we eager to maintain the unity he has given us? Are we eager to maintain the unity that he has created by his death and resurrection? Are we speaking the truth in love to one another? Are we forgiving one another? Are we serving one another? Again, in Christ, we've already received unity. We get to enjoy the blessing by maintaining that which he has given us. Uh, In Christ, not only do we get to experience unity with God's people, we also get to experience a new way of worship with God's people. Uh, We don't worship uh, like in the old covenant with the, the, the annual feasts going up to earthly Jerusalem. Instead, we worship like Jesus described in John 4. He said to the woman at the well, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. If we have trusted in Christ, he has given us the ability to worship him anywhere, anytime, through the Holy Spirit. And it's because of this that we don't all have to make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. It's because of this that we can have local churches all throughout the world. We can worship as the house of the Lord even today as we gather here. And and so we gather to give thanks to the name of the Lord, as David says in Psalm 122. Part of enjoying the benefits of home is prioritizing gathered worship, prioritizing this moment where we get to all assemble together as the house of the Lord and worship together, Uh, delighting to come together and to celebrate together. Uh, You know, we we instinctively want to celebrate together. Uh, It's lame to celebrate something on your own by yourself. Instead, we love, we instinctively love to celebrate what we love with those who love it. Think of how many conferences have been started because somebody loves something and they find out that somebody else loves that same thing and all of a sudden there's thousands of people who say, oh yeah, we all love that thing and they all come together because they don't want to love that thing by themselves. They want to love that thing together. 
Uh, think about, uh, 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 again, I always, anytime I venture into sports territory, it's always dangerous, but just stick with me. Uh, think about the, the, the unity, the camaraderie that comes uh, from not just being a fan by yourself of a team, uh, but being able to share that together, enjoy that together, celebrate and, uh, and enjoy that together. We, we all instinctively don't want to just celebrate by ourselves, and we get the privilege of worshiping our God together. Not just worshiping by ourselves or loving him by ourselves, but coming together and getting greater joy by enjoying our God with those who enjoy him and those who love him than we could if we just worshiped him on our own. So in Christ, we get to experience a, a new unity. We get to experience a new way of worship together. And even now, before Christ's second coming, we get to experience a new government. Wait, what? <laughs> um, what? I mean, okay, so I understand, you know, back in David's day, thrones in Jerusalem, right? Okay. And I understand maybe even in some generic sense, the future, you know, Christ comes, he reigns, thrones. Okay, I, I can kind of wrap my head around that, but how do we experience government in Christ in a Psalm 122 kind of a sense now? Uh, I mean, all of this is in part. The unity is in part. The, the worship is in part. All, the fullness comes later. But even in part, what, what, in what sense are we experiencing the kind of government that, uh, of, one, of Psalm 122 today? Well, uh, I'm not like advocating that we go start a Christian township or something, okay? That's, that, I don't mean civic government. What I'm referring to is passages like uh, 1 Corinthians 5.12, where Paul says, for what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? Uh, now, when you hear that word judge, don't hear condemn or look down on or something like that. But think judge more in terms of making decisions, uh, settling disputes, or maybe making judgment calls would be a better way to think about it. Uh, that was what was exciting about Jerusalem in the, back in the day, the thrones for judgment, the, the thrones of the house of David. There was these judgment calls, these decisions that were made that, 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 that kept alignment with the law of God. Well, the local church is an outpost of the kingdom of God, an embassy, if you will, of the heavenly Jerusalem. And in the local church, King Jesus reigns. We have a head of state, and his name is Jesus. He reigns over us and exercises his authority through his word. He even reigns, we understand from Scripture, through a congregation of members who have made a credible profession of faith in Christ and who have committed to one another and hold one another accountable. The local church that was given the keys of the kingdom, Jesus says. Jesus reigns and leads through under-shepherds who he calls to lead and feed his sheep. And the blessing of this is that as the people of God, Jesus doesn't just leave us all alone to figure out life on our own until he comes and establishes his kingdom in its fullness. He gives us the local church under the authority of the word of God 
to help guide us and lead us in the truth and, and even settle disputes we find in, in Scripture. Uh, and so uh, there is a way that Christ reigns, governs his citizens of his kingdom even now within the local church. And we can experience that blessing and all of the blessings of worship and unity and having home with the people of God even in only a taste now as we long for the day that we experience all of the benefits in fullness after Christ returns. All these are, are just some of the benefits of finding a home with God and his people that we get to enjoy. Uh, well, finally, what we see in uh, Psalm 122 is this. Pray for the peace of your home. Pray for the peace of your home. David closes Psalm 122 with a prayer for peace in verses 6 through 9. He says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. David has described this great city, Jerusalem. It's where the house of the Lord is. It's where the people of God call home. And he calls on the people of God then to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That word peace is probably a Hebrew word you know. It's the word shalom. And it's an idea that carries a, a lot to it. It's a big concept. It includes the idea of security, welfare, prosperity, flourishing, happiness, wholeness. David wants to see flourishing in the home of the people of God. He wants to see thriving there. And because Jerusalem is where his brothers gather, he prays for the peace of Jerusalem. He wants to see flourishing in the place where God dwells with his people, where the house of the Lord is. And because Jerusalem is where God's house is, he seeks the good of Jerusalem. He says, for my brothers and companions' sake, I say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Well, the exiles coming back from Babylon anticipated the day that Jerusalem would again experience shalom. They had experienced anything but shalom as they were plundered, as the city, uh, as they, they didn't experience the security of shalom, but Instead, the walls had been broken down. Instead of prosperity, they were plundered. Instead of happiness, the exiles who used to go up to Jerusalem uh, faced sorrow and lament. But God promised that the people of God would one, uh, one day again experience shalom, experience peace. Uh, Doug read it earlier for us in Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So how do we sing Psalm 122 today? It can be kind of confusing 
uh, for us today to read uh, Psalm 122 where it says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, because there is a literal earthly city of Jerusalem on the map today. Um, and it's fine to pray for Jerusalem, just like it's fine to pray for London or Tokyo or any other city. Uh, but we need to recognize in, in the context of Scripture that Psalm 122 uh, in our day uh, is not about the earthly city of Jerusalem on the map today. And why I say that is because David, even in Psalm 122, when he's defining what Jerusalem is, he isn't focused primarily on geography or city limits. He defines Jerusalem as the location of the house of the Lord. He defines Jerusalem as the home of the people of God. And as we've already seen, in one sense, in Christ, the people of God are the house of the Lord today. And in another sense, the house of the Lord is the heavenly Jerusalem, which won't come down until Jesus returns. Uh, So again, we sing this song today in light of Jesus's first advent and in light of his second advent. We sing it in light of his first advent through which he's made us the house of the Lord, and we sing it in light of his second advent when the new Jerusalem will come down. Paul says in Colossians 3, 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. On the one hand, we pray today that we can experience peace within the people of God here and now. Paul calls, calls us to it, the, the New Testament calls us to experience peace within the people of God, the house of the Lord today. We pray, again, that we can maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. We pray for the welfare of our church. We pray that our church would be healthy. We pray that our church would be doctrinally sound. We pray for our church's protection. We pray that our church would love like Christ loves. We pray that our church would thrive in all the ways Jesus wants the local church to flourish. Uh, We pray that our church would maintain our witness. Uh, We pray that we would seek the good of the house of the Lord. All of these are ways that we today pray for the peace of our homes. But on the other hand, we also know that we won't experience full shalom until we're in New Jerusalem. Hebrews 13, 14 says, For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. And so praying for the peace of Jerusalem that we will experience when Christ comes is sounding a whole lot like, Come, Lord Jesus. That's our prayer. Uh, We pray that the Lord would bring us to that city, the lasting city. We pray that the Lord would protect us along the way of our pilgrimage to our eternal home. We pray for the Lord to hasten the day that we get to experience the shalom of new Jerusalem. We pray for the peace of our home, both in the sense that we experience it now and in the sense that we long for it in the day to come. Well, so this Christmas, as we all enjoy all of the blessings of our temporary homes. May those 
temporary blessings only increase our longing for our eternal home with God and his people forever. Uh, May we delight in the home that we've been given in God and his people. Uh, May we enjoy the benefits of our home. Uh, May we pray for the peace of our home. And, And until we all get home, may 2 Corinthians 5, 8, and 9 be our prayer. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. Let's pray together. Father, I pray for our brothers and sisters that we would have a sense of home about the home you have given us in eternity. I pray that you would increasingly renew our minds and conform our hearts in such a way that our sense of home comes from your kingdom, your people, and most of all, your presence. Lord, I pray that my brothers and sisters, as they look at this current world, would increasingly feel homeless in this world that they would increasingly find that they don't belong here, but they belong with you and with your people. And Lord, I pray that as we taste home, even in a temporary sense, here in the local church, that we would delight and find our home with you and your people, in part, even as we wait for that day that we experience in full. Lord, I pray for the peace of Rocky Point Baptist Church. Lord, that you would give us the grace and the blessing of getting to thrive as your people together and in the world that you've placed us in as we bear witness. Lord, I pray that you would give us unity. Lord, protect us from division, God. I pray, Lord, that you would give us grace to delight in worshiping together. Oh, Lord, that you would give us joy together in a way that we can't experience without each other as we worship you and focus our hearts on you. Lord, I pray that we would experience the blessings of what it means for you to reign over us through your word in your church. Lord, I pray that you would give us the blessing, a a taste of heaven on earth by being your people. And Lord, that you would give us the blessing of letting the nations know they can be part of your household too. Lord, increase our longing for our heavenly home. Increase our longing to see the face of Christ. Increase our longing for the day. You will wipe every tear from our eyes. The pain will be no more. That you will dwell with us and we will be your people forever and ever. Come, Lord Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.